ओम ज्ञान Continuing discussion of Pushka. The glories of Pushka Theta and the whole story of how Brahma performed his sacrifice there. Gayatri came to be his wife. Savitri became unhappy. It's summarized in the English book, which is being sent to you. There's also a Hindi book with a full narration of the story directly taken from the Padma Purana which I started to translate on the previous cassette but I stopped because there are many many details which will be of little interest to the readers of Back to Godhead just uh, one interesting thing exactly why Gayatri is said to have become purified by being passed through the cow. She was put through the mouth of a cow and brought out through the yoni or the genital, the vagina of the cow. So, because the cow and the Brahmin are supposed to be of the same jati, same group, the same status, therefore she was considered to be reborn from a cow and therefore as good as a Brahmin. Indra chose her because she had all auspicious symptoms on her body by the science of physiognomy. Now, I don't know if the man who was translating did a little interpolation there, but uh, there were some funny things. When Indra came to her, he asked her, who are you? Are you married or not? Whose daughter are you? She said, I'm just, I'm just selling buttermilk. If you want, give me the money and take it. And then he just took her away. So I don't know if that's an interpolation. Anyway, the Padma Puran describes in some detail the Ramayana. He's also said to describe to, up to now I haven't found anything in the Ramayana. But, but uh, here in the Mahabharata, I'm going to read this section from the Mahabharata. This is from the uh, Vannapava. It's extracted from, I'm going to translate from Hindi. Oh, just before that, there's one thing I forgot to say, the most important thing about taking bath in Pushka. As we visited during the off-season when there are not many pilgrims, we could take our bath very peacefully without any problems. The, the water, like the water of the Ganga, is apparently muddy, but nevertheless pure. Alright, now I'm reading from the Mahabharata Gita Press edition from the Vannaparva from V-A-M-A from the part of the Vannaparva which is called the uh, Tirtayatra Parva this is the Vannaparva chapter 82 starting from text 20 Within the world of men, the leader of the demigods, Lord Brahma's personal theater, which is famous within all the three worlds, is called Pushka. Only a very fortunate person can enter there. In Pushka, in all the three times, that means past, present and future, 10,000 crore, 10,000 times 10 million theaters reside. The Adityas, Adityas, Vasus, Rudras, Sadhyas, Maruts, Gandharvas 
and apsaras always remain close to there. By performing austerities there, the demigods, demons, and brahmarshis acquire great pious benefit and become fixed in spirit fixed in spiritual yoga whichever intelligent person simply in his minds in his mind desires to go to pushka finds that all the obstacles on his path to heaven in the form of sinful reactions are destroyed and he becomes worshipable even in the heavenly planets there lord brahma always resides very happily the devas and the rishis by residing in pushka acquired great pious benefit and achieved their perfections the great philosophers say that whoever worships the demigods and forefathers in pushka achieves the result of 10 ashvamedha yagyas on going to pushka one must feed at least one brahmana the karma acquired the the pious result acquired from this will certainly make one happy in this life and even in the next life by doing this one will cover up any deficiencies in offering shraddha simply by doing that feeding the brahmana one gets the result of a rational yoga whether brahman kshatriya vaishya or shudra if he takes bath at pushka he never again has to enter the womb of a mother whoever goes to pushka to take bath there on the full moon day of kartik goes to the indestructible abode of lord brahma whoever in the morning and evening with his hands joins together remembers the three pushkas gets the result of bathing in all the tetas and performing archamanna whatever sinful activities a man or a woman has done for, from birth become destroyed by taking bath at pushka as madhusudan vishnu is the origin of all the demigods in the same way pushka is said to be the origin of all the holy places if anyone lives very purely following all the proper rules and regulations in pushka for 12 years he gets the result of performing all sacrifices and goes to brahma loka whoever performs agni hotra yagyas continually for 100 years and whoever takes bath once on the full moon day at of kartik month in pushka get the same result i can't quite understand this verse it says that there are three important mountains 
three important flows of waters and three pushkas. They're all Adi. They're all originally perfect tirtas. Why? I don't know. By the way, this is Pulastya speaking to Bhishma. To go to Pushka is a very rare opportunity. To perform austerity there is also not easily obtained. To give, to get the opportunity to give charity there is also very rarely obtained. Or to, and to live there is also a very rarely attained great fortune. One should remain there for twelve nights, controlling the senses, eating food according to the rules and regulations, then doing parikrama of the whole place, go on to the next place. So in this way the description of tirtas is being described. Next one should go to Jambu Marg. Regarding the Kartik Mela at Pushka, mostly people come from Rajasthan, North Gujarat, and other parts of North India. Quite a lot of sadhus come here and pitch their tents. When we say tents, we don't mean the kind of tent you get in America. It's a kind of homemade thing made out of sticks and a little cloth. Pretty simple arrangement. So it's like a little kumbha mela. Many types of simple entertainment are there for the people, including all kinds of impromptu magicians and juggling shows and all kinds of things, real rustic fun. Everywhere there are camels, 5,000 plus. From that Savitri temple, to use a well-worn phrase, one can get a bird's-eye view of the town. It's not a very long climb, but it's quite steep. One can look down and see the small lake of Pushka shimmering in the sun, brownish-blue, looking very nice, surrounded by the, the white temples and buildings surrounding the guts. It's it's maintained very aesthetically. Unlike many other holy places, it's maintained very nicely. And you can, you can see from the photo, the town isn't much more than what's, a, what's around the uh, lake. Especially to the north side, there's a little bit of a town, but that's about it. How many temples in Pushka? Some say 300, some say 400. Like many holy places, apart from the main attractive feature, which here is the lake of Pushka, there are many other temples and holy places which have come, which have developed. People naturally, they like to build a temple in a holy place, or having come to the holy place, they they get some result and therefore they want to build a temple there. This way, so many temples have come up. According to the Sri Vaishnavas, the most important temple here is not the Brahma temple, but the, the temple of Adi Varaha or Bhu Varaha. In this way, they, they give importance to it. We saw a group of Gorya Vaishnavas visiting also from Calcutta. Many Gorya Vaishnav temples 
for so many Goya Mats and other temples in Calcutta and other areas in West Bengal. So they, they take out bus party tours which go off to Gaya, Ayodhya, Varanasi, Prayag, over to Vrindavan, and then if they, if they continue on towards Dwaraka, then they'll also visit Jaipur, and then they'll visit Pushka in between. Uh, often they'll visit Jaipur, they'll go Jaipur, Pushka, and Nathwara, and over to Dwaraka, like this. This is a recognized recognized as a holy place since time immemorial. Agastya, Pulastya, Markandeya, Vishwamitra are among the famous holy persons who performed austerities here. And there must have been numberless less well-known, countless less well-known uh, saints and sages who performed austerities here taking advantage of the spiritual atmosphere, the favorable spiritual atmosphere. This, uh, some famous incidents concerning Vishwamitra took place here. This is the place where he was, he was performing austerity and he was distracted by Menaka. And later on, he finally, finally got the benediction from Brahma here to become a Brahmarshi, that he went through so many difficulties to attain this status and he finally attained it here at Pushka. Many communities have their dharmshalas here. There are Sindhi, Gujarati, Bengali, Maharashtrian dharmshalas, uh, plus there are many dharmshalas of different uh, caste communities, different Vaishyas, different groups of Vaishyas, Brahmanas, there are so many. Within each caste there are so many sub-castes, so many of them have their dharmashalas here. That means that members of their community will be given preference to, to stay in these dharmashalas during the rush season. And there are so many hotels and guest houses also during the off-season, which means most of the year outside of the Kartik Mela, there's no problem for accommodation here. During the Kartik Mela, it's uh, it might be better to bring your own tent. People of Pushka, like most people in Rajasthan, they, they're very favorable to sadhus in general, but particularly the people of Pushka, they know us well and like us, particularly because the Padiatra has Iskon Padiatra in India has visited here twice and preaching parties from Vrindavan have come and spent time here doing Harinam Sankirtan, distributing books, distributing prasadam, showing the cinema and Iskon, so many Iskon devotees in the years have visited here. And of course, so many people from Pushkar, it's, it's not so far from Vrindavan, so many, many of them have visited Vrindavan and seen our temple there, and they very much appreciate the activities of ISKCON. So the people of Pushkar are very friendly to us, and they give us the chance to chant the holy names continuously, because when we walk around in Pushkar, everyone will call out to us, Hare Krishna, to which we of course reply, Hare Krishna. What follows is material on the Chandan Yatra festival in Vrindavan, which I visited this year, 2nd of May, 1995. Chandan Yatra begins on the Akshaya Tritiya day. It goes on for 21 days in Puri, but in Vrindavan for one day only, only on the Akshaya Tritiya day. The idea of applying Chandan is to cool the body. If Chandan, the, the heat in India, 
is famous. Everyone knows India is a hot country. How hot it is, unless you lived through it, those who are from temperate climates, they can't imagine. And even myself, I, a few summers ago, I spent the hottest months of the year in Vrindavan. And even though I'd spent many summers in India, it was something I'd not experienced. It's unbearably hot. It's cliche, unbearably, but just that song of Narottanda, Diva Nishi Hi Ajali, our heart is burning day and night. So we felt like the body was burning day and night because it's so hot that every day, I saw the thermometer every day in our temple where the thermometer was placed, it was going up above 50 degrees, 51, 52. And I read in the newspaper, this is about five years ago, I read in the newspaper that in the desert, the, the Tar Desert, near Jaisalmer in Rajasthan, some army people had recorded the temperature over 60 degrees. That year. I just can't imagine what that was like, 50 degrees plus. Just life was going, life was going on so slowly. It's somehow or other people were surviving. I mean, I spent many summers in, like I say, in different places, Bangkok, Bangladesh, Hyderabad in in interior Tamil Nadu, which is some of the hottest places, but this was something which was something different. <laughs> so day and night burning. Uh, this somehow existing. It's just difficult to walk anywhere, do anything, difficult to do anything. Even to lie down is difficult. You can't sleep. It's very difficult to sleep. You can, but during the day it's just too hot. Even though you want to, you can't. In the night, the temperature hardly cools down, especially in our temple building is made of stone. And at night when you hope it might... Actually, the temperature doesn't come down. It, it just stays hot. And then the heat, which has been ca- caught in the day from the sun, it <laughs> comes out in the night from the cement. So the only cool time is just it's slightly a little bit cooler is like one or two hours before dawn. Otherwise, even to sleep at night, this, the system, for those that don't have air coolers or air conditioners, which means most people, is to put a wet gumcha under your body because the floor is giving out heat. Put a wet gumcha underneath and a wet, not slightly wet, wet, but gumcha over your body. And if you sleep under a fan or maybe on the roof where there may be a little wind sometimes, usually it's just still and hot at night, then uh, you can get a little rest. But after, after an hour, an hour and a half, all the water evaporates, so you have to keep a bucket by your side. To, and then when you wake up, you again put the... You can't sleep even very deeply or nicely. It's just too hot, even at night. So again, you put the... You put the gumjas into the bucket, cover yourself in that way. It's a little bit cool, and you can sleep somewhat. Really unbearable. It's like in India, the the heat begins around the time of Gorpanima. It begins to get a little bit hot in the day. Many of our devotees visiting from countries like England and Sweden, they think it's already unbearably hot. And they go back to their countries talking about the incredible heat in India when it hasn't even begun. Then it, it gradually gets hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And, uh, but still there's a, during what's called the spring in India, although it's much hotter than the summer in where I come from, namely England, it, at least at the night it gets a little cool. But then when the summer comes, the temperature in the day goes up and it, it, it doesn't go down much even at night. So it's, um, it's, it's a cumulative effect. It just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And just at night, a little bit cooler. Towards the end of the night, that means just before dawn. Then again, as soon as the sun is up, it's burning. Then the rain comes and everyone greets the rain. This is described in Krishna book also, how everyone is happy after the heat with the rain. There are different kinds of pleasures, you may think, well, why is why is Krishna 
living in Vrindavan, it says even in Vrindavan there was the scorching heat, that's in the description of autumn. But there's different kinds of pleasures to be enjoyed in the in the different seasons. You'll find there's different kinds of music for different seasons. And just like how could you enjoy just like Prabhupada said he used to drink those Punjabi kind of sherbets. You can't that ice cold sherbet, they have sherbet made out of different flowers, which is very cooling to the body. You can't enjoy that properly only in the in the hot season, only if you have the heat can you enjoy that cooling or just like devotees like to fan Krishna. So if it's not hot then you then Krishna can't enjoy the pleasure of being fanned. You're just like the chamara, you're supposed to Haribhakti Vilas, I believe, says you should put scented water in the chamara. And when you that when you fan Krishna, that the feature of the chamara is that it always gives off very cool air. And if you put some scented water, it becomes very pleasing to the person you're your chamara ing, fanning with the chamara. So Krishna also enjoys these kinds of pleasure. They're different in in the eternal Vrindavan there are different forest groves where the different seasons are always present. So if the Krishna and the gopis they go in different bowers and they can enjoy in different bowers the different seasons are eternally present. So in one day they can enjoy all the different flavors of of the different sea, different rasas. Another thing is, of course, that uh, someone, some Arab, one of, one of the moguls that came, he wrote that the only thing which makes life tolerable in India in the summer is the, is the mangoes. So another thing maybe they didn't know so much about is, is the chandan. This is very pleasing to Krishna. Prabhupada, of course, he always used to like chandan, that that pleasure of rubbing, 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 rubbing the chandan and slowly, slowly it you see that when you're making chandan the bowl, you rub, rub, rub a little bit comes and you rub, rub, rub some more, a little bit more comes and gradually, gradually you get enough chandan to offer to Krishna and smear on his body so that Krishna can have a very nice cooling effect. Now this year actually because the lunar year and the solar year, there's always a disparity. So this year, the Chandanyatra is, is very early, May the 2nd. It's, and it's not particularly hot. It's even quite cool at night still. Not particularly hot means, maybe for someone like me who's accustomed to living in India, I don't find it particularly hot yet. After another three weeks or, or any time now, it could become... Terribly, terribly, exhaustingly hot. Of course, here in Vrindavan they get the loo, that famous hot wind, which which comes blowing in out of the Rajasthan desert, which is very dangerous. People have to shut their doors and windows. That blows. It's so hot. If it blows in your ear, or it can it can kill you. People actually die from the heat in India, especially in the Rajasthan area. But this year, although it's Hot enough. I'm not saying it's cool. It's definitely hot. It's a uh, 24-hour run the fan if you're so lucky to be in a room with a fan and and there's electricity. But uh, it's it's definitely 24-hour fan season and sherbet season and chandan season. Here in Krishna Balaram Temple on this day during the morning. All the devotees, as many as sticks of chandan as they have and stones to rub it on, and all be scratch, scratch, scratching away. This chandan, Prabhupada several times spoke about this when commenting on the verse, Nalayasyeva chandanam, from Queen Kunti's prayers. This chandan is grown in the Malaya hills, means what's, what was called by the British the Western Ghats, especially down towards Kerala, where the national language is still, uh, is called Malayali, and Malayalam, and the people are called Malayalis. So Prabhupada said that that uh, Malaya, Malayasyeva Chandan, and that can refer to modern-day Malaysia, which is, or it can refer to that in India, also the Malaya Hills. There are two Malaya Hills, so both were formerly part of India. Now. Malaysia, which was formerly 
Hindu or part of the Vedic culture is Islamic, Prabhupada said now they prefer to grow rubber in Malaysia. But still in the in the forests of South India, there's a lot of chandan grown. It's all under government control. And there's uh, there's a lot of dacoy tea. And there's one famous dacoy, Virapan, who has a whole gang engaged in chandan smuggling. And they're a ferocious gang. They kill people and all kinds of things. Chandan is very expensive. By law, every chandan tree in India that's grown, it's government property. Practically the smallest piece of chandan that you could buy, small piece for rubbing would cost a dollar, which is quite a lot of money in India, 30 rupees. Then you get big pieces also. By law, any chandan tree growing in India is government property. Uh, and taking chandan out of the country without permission is also illegal. There are two kinds of chandan, the dark red chandan, which is not is supposed to be in the mode of passion and therefore uh, not allowed, according to Shastra, for use in worshipping Vishnu. It's mostly used for Lord Shiva, Kali, other demigods. And the ones that the chandan that we use for Lord Vishnu and his devotees, that's the light colored, the pink chandan, or sometimes called white. Now that's often mixed with camphor, which is also very cooling, gives a cooling effect. And uh, it also helps if you have a lot of paste to make to, to throw in some chandan, it helps to increase the, the quantity quite easily. That means rubbing means you rub it with little water. Put little put little water, rub, 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 it makes a paste. You scrape it off with your hand. You you wipe it off with your hand on into a bowl and then you rub, rub, rub some more with some more water. Sometimes they use rose water also. Another common addition is to add uh, saffron, dried saffron petals. That gives the chandan it's also nice and cooling, gives a very pleasant scent and uh, makes the Chandan become a a bright yellow color. Although mostly in the temples of Vrindavan, they, what I see, they don't add saffron. Now, Chandan Yatra starts on Akshya Tutiya. Akshya means something which is unending, uh, uh, which is undiminishing. Undiminishing is probably the best translation. And Tritiya means the third day of the moon. This is the day on which Trita Yoga began. Bali, one of the main ingredients for Homa Yagya, fire sacrifice, which is the Yuga Dharma of Trita Yoga, was also created on this day. Ganga Devi also descended to earth on this day. Many pious people still perform special pujas on this day, bathing in sacred rivers, giving charity, japa, offering Bali into fire and offering Bali preparations to the deity are prescribed for Akshaya Tritiya. And uh, throughout India this is considered a very important day for beginning anything auspicious because anything which begins on this day is supposed to uh, get a good boost from the pious effects of this day. It also becomes undiminishing, uh, lasting because it, it becomes Akshaya. So this is a big day for weddings, opening businesses, griha pravesh, entering into houses. Difficult to rent a taxi or a car on this day because they're all engaged for marriages. Dinabandhu Prabhu, Mahaman Prabhu, Jashamati Nandan Prabhu and myself uh, jumped in the temple car in Skandhavan in the morning to drive six kilometers down the road to the village of Chatiga where there's a, a deity of Garuda Govinda. Now, Pachmandal is such a place that there are so many deities and so many stories connected with them. It's, it's practically unlimited. Now, on this day, the deity is not dressed. You can see his form. He's, he's a stone bas-relief form deity about 
three feet high with, with, with Garuda is facing you and Govinda is sitting on his back. When you come in from the hot, bright sunlight, it takes a little time for your eyes to adjust and then you, you can see this. This one day you can see his whole form, otherwise normally the deities are dressed. You can see he has, Govinda has twelve arms and you can see Garuda. Uh, looks a little bit like a peacock actually. And uh, then underneath the feet of Govinda who's sitting on Garuda are Rukmini and Satyabhana. To the left of Garuda Govinda is Lakshmi Devi. The Pujari, I asked him, why is it, especially on this day, that you can, we can get this special darshan? He told me quite frankly, he's a very friendly, nice young man. He told me very frankly that, uh, I don't know, my father knows he's gone off to the village, he's not here now, but, and we didn't have so much time either because we had to cover all the other temples also. There was a steady stream of visitors singing Bridge Bassi songs. Uh, be- before you enter the temple of Garuda Govinda, which isn't a very big temple, just has a small darshan mandap. It's uh, all nicely made up, newly made up in white marble. There's, before you go into the temple, just in the courtyard, to the to the left is this very small temple. Just there's no Dasha Mandap, just the temple is the beautiful deity of Garuda standing alone, looking very bold and proud. And there's the uh, temple tank is there, which you don't see in so many temples in Vrindavan, in Vrindavan town at least. This is out in the village and quite a nice big tank and nicely maintained also. Now, Dinabandhu Prabhu told me the story that uh, this is a special lila where actually Sudama, ex- the cowherd boyfriend of Krishna, expands as Garuda in Vaikuntha. So, once the cowherd boys, they got information about this and they decided they wanted to see this form. So Krishna, on this one time, expanded himself in a twelve-arm form of Vishnu, which you can see the twelve arms in this Garuda Govinda deity. As, and Sudama expanded himself as, or manifested himself as Garuda. Now my idea why on this day this darshan is available is because probably this pastime took place on this day. Now, Chattigar is quite a long way away from the Yamuna. The explanation for this is that Garuda, uh, he couldn't, or he didn't want to take this form uh, because he, had, he wanted to be some distance away from the Yamuna because he was uh, a little bit afraid of or maybe respecting the curse of Sobharimuni, who had told him he couldn't come anywhere near the Yamuna because. So Parimuni didn't like him eating the fish there, which is of course the reason why Kaliya was bold enough to come to the Yamuna, because he knew that to the, that in the Yamuna and Vrindavan area that Garuda can't come. So there's a you see many of these Raj Leelas, they're all interrelated with each other. Now one very important note for Jayadvaita Swami is that I've spoken to Dinabandhu Prabhu in saying how I, I've seen his writing actually about Jagannath Rathiyatra in Puri. He's an excellent writer. Great storyteller. Everyone knows he's a great storyteller, but he's great in writing as well as in yeah, as well as in uh, speaking. And so I was encouraging him to to do some work on because this for BTG, because this practically every day of the year there's some festival or other going on somewhere in Braj, and they have, of course, for all our BTG readers, have very special appeal. And Dinabandhu Prabhu, he's entered into the 
mood of that to a large extent. So I would just encourage you, Jayad Vedaswami, to encourage more Adina Bandha Prabhu. He seems like he's willing to do it, but maybe he needs a little pushing, encouraging or whatever. He was a little surprised that I came to, was to work on Chandan Yatra article because he himself had the idea to do it, although he wasn't so positive about it. But I told him, you please write whatever you're going to do anyway. And uh, maybe the articles could be merged together or something like that, because I'm sure whatever I have to say, in many ways, he can say it better or with a, with a special kind of flavor. Now, another thing is that he had told me that Padmanabh Goswami from Radha Raman Mandir had given him something from the Puranas about Chandanyatra, some Pramanas about this. So, in Hindi, so he was looking for that to try to find it, to give to me. Uh, and I'm going to be pushing him, but I'm not guaranteeing I'm going to get it. So, if you don't get it, then please write to him and write to him, phone him, whatever you have to do and get him to to uh, send that to you. He can translate it also, of course, and uh, that will do a lot to bring the article up to a more complete standard. Making chandan is definitely an act of devotion. Rubbing, 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 little, little chandan paste comes. It takes a long time to make enough to smear on the body of the deity. But devotees, they very happily take up this menial and hard work. It's, in the beginning it seems like fun, but when you've been rubbing hard for about ten minutes, you feel your fingers, your arms, the muscles in your back all start to ache. But you just keep on going because it's for Krishna. Offering chandan to a person is also a sign of respect and worship. Just like you'll see often in India, people before they begin a recitation of Srimad Bhagavatam or any such holy scripture, they may first worship it with flowers and chandan, just touching a little chandan to the to the cover of the book or in Bengal uh, in the beginning of the kirtan they'll, they'll put in a, in a formal kirtan that means say a kirtan is going to go on for seven days continuously and in the opening ceremony part of it will be offering offering chandan unto the Madanga and cartels now according to the western mentality it may seem a very strange thing to offer respect to somebody by smearing substances on their body. But this is Vedic culture, it doesn't matter what Western people think, and from all practical point of view too, it's a very practical thing. It actually is very cooling. In Western culture it's considered okay to put mascara and aftershave and anti-deodorant spray under the arms. So in Vedic culture it's quite acceptable uh, to put the paste extracted from sandalwood on the body, especially uh, the forehead, the other parts of the head and then on the chest and then maybe on the arms, these are the different places. One thing is, you'll notice in Chaitanya Charitamrita it says that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally offered sandalwood paste to his devotees and we always see the word used, chandan lipanam, means smearing on the body. That means you put some in the flower, by the flower you apply it or even maybe by hand, and you smear it on the, the in our present, you know, you seem to have a kind of thing of 
patting it onto the forehead with many different strokes of the flower. But the real thing is to smear it according to Shastra. A tour of the main temples of Vrindavan in the afternoon to see all the deities with Chandan starts off in Krishna Balaram temple at 4.30. An unusually large crowd of resident devotees unusual means for 4.30 Adi in the afternoon is not usually so many are there waiting before the gates are opened with the kirtan going on ecstatically at a fast joyous pace and the curtains open Gornitai Krishna Balaram and Shamasunda are dressed in shorts flower garlands and not much else except thick layers of chandan paste. Thick. Even the features of the deities are not so clearly recognizable. There must be few kilos of chandan paste. There are a lot of work. A lot of devotees have been doing a lot of rubbing for quite a few hours. Then, as the art is going on, other pujaris come with Chandan and there's plenty of Chandan Prasad for everybody big rush everyone pushes to get the Chandan Prasad and and you see gradually the temple room fills up with faces smeared with thick layers of Chandan correction not, not just shorts and Chandan but there's they have a little piece of top piece cloth also. Big deities and the small deities are all covered. The small deities, the, the tannin is mostly dry, which gives that light pink color. But on the big deities, the tannin is still mostly wet, so it looks like a little brownish, darker color. Okay, we'll just have to revise some of the things I said. It's proof that hearing from authorities is better than your own speculation based on what you see. Because I just spoke with the head Pujarin, Mukunda Datta Prabhu. Uh, I was asking why Radharani, of all the deities, is not Gachanda. So he told me that many senior devotees didn't like that because she looks dark with the Chanda mixture. So that led to more discussion. And actually, Krishna Balaram, they have thick layers of chandan and they look very dark. That's because they're mixing the, the purchased chandan powder as Gornitai. They're, they're just putting the chandan, which is made by hand. And so they have a thin layer. They don't look so dark. So actually, all the chandan is dried up. Only Krishna and Balaram have thick, thick chandan on because it's mixed with chandan powder. Whereas Gornitai, they have thin layer of chandan on, but it's all made by hand. And Mukunda is saying that next year he'd like to make all the deities with chandan only, without chandan powder mixture. That way it'll be uh, light looking. Because they didn't like... Just for the benefit of whoever's transcribing this cassette, can listen to the nice sounds of the kirtan. Gornitai have that top piece, Krishna Balaram don't. They're dressed in short, short shorts. 
and the turbans which are also brownish it looks like the turbans even have got chandan all over them and uh, apart from the flower garlands they've just got a lot of chandan on and Krishna Shamasunda is dressed maybe he has some shorts on but you can't see because he just seems to be wearing shorts of flowers and that's about all of course Radharani is fully dressed so after almost half an hour of ecstatic kirtan in, in the Krishna Balaram temple, we set out with a kirtan party headed by Dinabandha Prabhu leading the kirtan at a fast march down to the Loi Bazaar area, down to the town area of Vrindavan to take darshan. There's not much time before it gets dark so we went quite quickly. First time we came to Madan Mohanji, the priest welcomed us here, and uh, we see Madan Mohanji, except his eyes, his body is completely covered, there's no dressing at all, only thick chandan all over his body, only his eyes are visible, he's holding his flute, and a thin flower garland, otherwise the whole form is there, covered in chandan. Radharani is also dressed, but her face is covered with chandan. So they gave us all they gave a nice flower garland for Prabhupada, who was present in the form of his picture, and a nice lump of Chandan Prasad, which Mahaman Prabhu, the temple president of Iskand Vrindavan, distributed to everybody else. In other words, put on their foreheads, starting with Prabhupada. Sankirtan Padi, about 50 devotees from Iskand. Just around the corner from Madan Mohan Temple is the place of appearance of Madan Gopal, Madan Mohan deity. We have a small temple with quite nice little temple and uh, quite big Madan Mohan deities, Madan Gopal. Bengali Kirtan group going on with Kirtan as you can hear in the background. A big part of Chandan Prasad, the deity completely covered in Chandan. A big part of Chandan Prasad to give to everyone, plus fruit prasad and sherbet prasad. So a little, small little group. Next up, Banka Bihari Temple. Here we are at Banka Bihari Temple. Huge rush here. This is the only day of the year that the lotus feet of Banka Bihari are shown. Only on this day are the lotus feet of Banka Bihari shown. Of course, the system here is to open and close the curtains, and there's a big crowd pushing, so it's very difficult to get darshan at all. But if you can get close enough to see, you can see that Bhangi Bihari's lotus feet, one is big and the other is small, because his right hand Krishna combined. So one foot is a little big and the other is a little dainty. No madangas and cartels. No madangas and cartels allowed in here. They say Krishna's a little boy and the crashing sounds of Madanga and cartels make him afraid. Of course, there are different Sampadai also, not Gauriya Vaishnava. When we reach the Damada temple, the next to the Goswami temples on our tour, I couldn't recognize it at first. It's just newly renovated with a big new wall, painted. There's no sign outside even now. We arrived just after 6 o'clock and doors were still closed. It means they were taking extra time because they put in the chandan on all the deities. But we were only there for a few minutes then at 6.13 the gates opened and there was a big rush. So many people waiting to go inside. And we couldn't take darshan very clearly but in between all the pushing and shoving we managed to see all the deities covered in chandan mostly in this yellow yellow colored chandan that means mixed with a lot of saffron and Damada himself is quite a big deity he was completely covered in chandan even his flute was covered in chandan and all the other you know on the, on the altar here there's so many different deities they're all nicely color, covered in chandan same as at Madan Mohan the whole deity of Damada was covered in chandan and only a small thin flower garland a little difficult to get a clear darshan here. Even though it's Tuesday, there's lots of crowds. 
come for the festival it seems it seems Vrindavan is growing more and more in popularity and and even festivals which previously Mitch may not have attracted so many people this one is attracting plenty of course Chandan Yatra is in just at the beginning of the school holiday season where people do take their holidays so a lot of people here from Delhi where you can see rich people cars and uh, people rich people distributing all different kinds of prasadam to the many people here plus the regular rich buses going on their rounds not concerned maybe a festival or not they're going on with their rounds going round and round the temples people distributing drinks also all kind pandai that all kinds of nice drinks cold water at the different temples you you'll find people with huge tanks filled with different cold drinks like Pandai was saying it's a, it's a favorite in the hot season in India it's cold drink and it's it's got some kind of something hot in it pepper it really catches your throat after you drink it very cooling to the system so big big tanks of this and they're distributing with jugs and free free flowing tandai if you buy it in the in the city it'll cost 7 rupees at last but they're just distributing it freely but here we are just around the corner from damodar shamsunda temple here also as a damodar and all the other, as all the other temples there's special arrangements special lights cloth shamayanas all different designs made of cloth here there's a sound system with bajans going on also and uh, here we see the big deity of shamasunda com- not only completely covered in chandan but also with nice designs made in the chandan hari krishna so it seems everyone's trying to outdo each other in the devotional designs again a quick rush in and a quick look amidst the pushing and the shoving and the chanting because pushing and shoving it's all good natured with plenty of chanting of the holy names hari ram hari ram 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 hari hari that's a sample devotees are getting plenty of chandan prasad smear all over their shaved heads their faces their arms those who who don't have shirts on their smear on their bodies chandan's flowing like water today next on to gokula ananda temple as you came to rataraman but they're still closed just before 7 o'clock they're still closed they must be making some really elaborate arrangement here so we came to the temple of radha gokula ananda the small deity of radha gokula ananda at the front behind them radha vinod bihari with their uh unique features here even the dress was covered with chandan that's something something amazing the, the dress itself that that kind of butterfly look covered in chandan hello here there's good arrangements to keep everything nice and cool as a fountain spray in in the temple and of course they that radical kolananda temple there's that unique go down you walk down for the prakrama path so you got to go on the ground and it's so cool and nice on the prakrama path around the deities there of course at the gokulan temple also there's the mahaprabhu deity worship by narottam deities worship pijagavinda worship by baladevi dabushan it's then the samadhis are here of Vishwanathaiva uh, Thakur Lokanath Goswami Narottandas Ganganarayan Chakravarti here also if you look carefully on the altar you can see a, a big ball or a little ball of chandan in the middle of it is the Govardhan Shila that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to rub on his body his thumbprint impression is there he gave that to Raghunath Das so many special special things and Darwin if you took a hundred devoted scholars and gave them the job to research for their whole life and wanted to make an encyclopedia you might start to touch what is Brajatattva there's so many things here here we are back at Radharamanji temple at 8 minutes past 7 
people are going inside now, so it seems that the darshan's open. Oh, here are Radha Raman. The, the temple is open, but still the curtain is closed. Still waiting for darshan. That point about I made before about Chandan should be smeared. Of course, I'm just remembering now from 11th chapter of Gita, Divya Chandan Ulepanam. The word said that Chandan Ulepanam means the Chandan is smeared. Lepanam means smeared. So Radha Raman temple opened for Darshan just about 25 past 7. They're making such a nice arrangement with flowers, a whole flower trellis looking like a palace. Then the lights came on, the kirtan, the Iskon devotees were here doing kirtan. Kirtan built up. Finally, the curtain was whisked open by a pujari in a bright purple dhoti, quite festive looking, and the darshan of Radha Raman was revealed. Now, the unusual thing is that Radha Raman appeared to be in an ordinary dress. The deity himself is not covered in chandan. The dress is yellow, though. And if you're lucky enough to get someone's binoculars to look through, you can see very carefully, you can see the dress is also made out of yellow chandan. It's yellow chandan on, on banana leaves. Apparently Vinod Bihari also. It looks like the dress is covered in chandan. Actually the dress is made out of 